I love a good origin story. Bitten by a radioactive spider and learned power and responsibility. Taught yourself a TV show theme song on the piano and grew into a musical legend. No matter what we do, there's a path that got us there. And that backstory always fascinates me. This week, ahead of the Thunders game at Minnesota on Saturday, Minnehaha Academy in Minneapolis will hold a Friday night ceremony to retire Chet Holmgren's high school jersey. And that seemed like as good a time as any to delve into Chet's origin story. I mean, think about it. Here's a seven foot one kid who's built unlike any elite basketball player in the world, and he turned into a teenage celebrity on the hoop circuit. That is the stuff of high school legend. There are bound to be some stories. And in Minnesota, nobody tells a story like Chip Scoggins. The award-winning columnist at the Minneapolis Star Tribune has covered the Wolves, Vikings, Wild, and Gophers, but he also has the pulse of the city's booming high school basketball scene. And he has memories of the first time he saw that skinny kid from Minnehaha blocking everybody's shot. Today, we're telling Chet Holmgren's origin story with Chip Scoggins. I'm Brett Dawson, and this is Heard Thundering. Before we get started, a big thank you to the sponsors who support the show, MidFirst Bank, the National Cowboy and Western Heritage Museum, Fire Lake Casino, and your local Ford dealers. Drive into your best in Oklahoma Ford dealers today for the best deals on Ford's full lineup of trucks and SUVs. Ford is the best in Oklahoma. All right, so with that, let's welcome in Chip Scoggins from the Star Tribune in Minneapolis. Chip, first, before we get started, congratulations. The, the National Sports Media Association named you Minnesota Sports Writer of the Year yesterday, which I think is the fourth time you've won that. Yeah, that's what they tell me. Uh, I appreciate it. It's uh, uh, There's a lot of great sports writers up here in Minnesota, so it's uh, definitely an honor to be uh, recognized with that group. Our own Garen Emig won that award for Oklahoma, so shouts to Garen. We we uh, are very excited for him. Um, so, Chip, I, Friday, Minnehaha Academy is going to retire Chet Holmgren's jersey, which is quite an honor when you're like 21 years old or whatever <laughs> to get your, your jersey retired. Um and it got me thinking a little bit about, I, I'm always interested in sort of origin stories. And so sure. I'm interested in Chet since everybody's sort of fascinated with him uh, here in Oklahoma City. Uh, and so first, I guess we'll start in the right now um, without asking you to speak for an entire city, you know, an entire community. How, how do people there feel about Chet Holmgren? Or what's the sense you have of how people feel about Chet? Yeah, he, he became a... Uh... Uh, a very popular player here for this was a great basketball market. Uh, as bad as the Timberwolves yeah. have been uh, historically, it's still a and for all we talk about this being a hockey market, it is a very strong basketball market. Not just pro, not just college, but high school. High school basketball is very good in the state of Minnesota. And you look at the number of high level players it has produced. I think it speaks to that. And so people are very aware of when star high school athletes are uh, here when they're playing. They follow their career. Tyus Jones, uh, Jalen Suggs, you can go down the list. Matthew Hurt, who went to uh, Duke. So people paid attention to uh, to Chet. And obviously the way that his body structure is and the way that he plays made him a kind of fascinating character for people to watch. And he has a great personality about him. So he, yeah, I would say he's, uh, uh, even though he didn't, uh, you know, play college here. Um, people follow his career as he went to Gonzaga and then obviously down the NBA. Did he, like, he's one of those guys, obviously you talked about the, the, the body type and some of the personality stuff. And like, you know, I grew up in Louisville, Kentucky, where players would kind of become, they, they, there was always like word of mouth before you saw a guy, people would say, Oh, you got to get over to Ballard and check out this kid, or you got to get over to, 
you know, male and see this kid play. Was he one of those guys where there was yes. like, oh, you would you won't believe the Holmgren kid? A hundred percent. That's what it was. It started word of mouth, and that's how I first saw him. I had heard about him, uh, but I went to watch Minnehaha play uh, quite honestly because I was doing a, a column on Jalen Suggs, his teammate who was a year older, and I think people know who Jalen is, uh, star at, at Gonzaga in the the NCAA tournament with the shot lottery pick, and so I was doing a, a column on Jalen, and I'd heard about Chet, but hadn't seen him play. And Brett, there was a early in the game, he grabs a rebound. He he's a seven four, seven foot, slender kid, long arms unique body and i see him go up and grab a rebound uh high above the rim comes down on the fast break he's leading the fast break he puts it behind his back in open court to elude a defender puts it through his uh uh, legs on the dribble and pulls up and shoots an nba three and drains it and i remember thinking what in the world i had never (laughs) seen anything like this never seen a player like him he was he played the game like a point guard, like a guard. Some of the things he did as a seven footer with a seven four wingspan, and it just when you watched him play and the skills that he had, and the way he handled the ball, and the way he shot it, and then obviously it was fun to watch him play defense because uh, quite honestly he just it felt like he had averaged fifteen blocks a game because kids just you know with his long arms and wingspan and he he could block shots, uh, you know four on a, on a, on one possession uh it just uh he was a he was a type of player that you just had never seen and so i think people that that team when you have jalen suggs and him people are going to go watch them anyways just because that's a a super talented team but i think people went to watch just to kind of see what all the buzz was about yeah I, i think i've read the story you wrote from the first time you saw him and i think when you talked to him he told you like he had basically just been a guard. Like this yep. wasn't a thing where he had to learn to play out on the perimeter. He was just at that time when he was a sophomore, kind of just learning to play in the post, right? Yeah, it was interesting. It's almost like reverse engineering, right? He, uh, his, his youth coach was, was uh, Larry Suggs, Jalen's dad, and, and Larry coached a lot of kids coming up. And Larry recognized back then when, Jay, when uh, Chet was in third grade that basketball was changing to this positionless idea that there are no positions everybody can handle ball everybody can shoot and so what he would do way back when when chet was in third grade he would at practices he would put chet on a on a hoop by himself and he would form shoot he would work on his shot and so his development worked backwards he started out working as a guard and working on his skills and working on his shot and then worked inwards until uh when i when i did that uh, column, I think uh, Chet was a sophomore, and he had just in the, in the couple of years previous, maybe his freshman year, really started working on his post game, post moves, back to the basket, and so he worked out in, uh, and so he kind of grew up with that mindset of. I remember asking him, I was like, "What position would you say you play?" And he says, "Whatever they need me to play." Yeah. And I said, "What do you think people would say after watching you play and seeing your size?" Uh, what position you play and he and he said i don't think they know what i do or what i am so he was he was always kind of outside the box uh with his skill set and with just that uh the wingspan and that was always something too as he got older in high school and you saw that okay he's probably going to be a one and done college player and you looked at his frame and he's never going to be a massive strength guy right 
but he's he plays strong and big, right? We you've seen it a lot. People say, well, how's he going to hold up in the NBA with his lack of uh, weight, his lack of size, muscle? And I always said, look at his wingspan. Yeah. Look at look at the way he alters shots. And the other thing is, hey, they have to guard him. You know, big guys have to guard him on the floor, and he's so used to being uh, out on the floor, hand the ball, shooting it that. He he's going to be a matchup nightmare for for bigs trying to guard him. It's so interesting you say. I, I wonder about him when he was younger because, you know, I covered Anthony Davis at Kentucky. I was on the beat there, and AD had really wide shoulders, and so like you could see that that could change his his physique could change over time. Chet is not like that at all. He's kind of straight up and down. His yeah. his shoulders are not wide, even though his arms are so long. And I just wonder, was that what he looked like even then? Was he just a kind of a straight up and down looking kid? Yeah, there was no broad shoulders him. It was uh, straight. But the thing you you just saw that you knew, I mean, how many times in a a game is somebody just going to back you down and, you know, overpower you? That just doesn't, basketball is not really built that way anymore. And he, he understands how to use his body, particularly with his wingspan, to block shots, to affect shots, to you know, uh, crowd passing lanes. He just, he knows how to use what he, his gifts and that it, you know, he's, he's never going to be a, you know, incredible Hulk, but with that wingspan, he, he just impacts. And at the high school level, it's, it was so much, it was yeah. almost comical compared to the NBA <laughs> where guys are obviously uh, so much bigger, but the high school level when he, you know, you would see six foot guards go in there and try to, do these high arcing floaters and they could not get it over because he was just weeks, man. It just, it would just go, you know, uh, kept going higher. So no, he, he, he built basically the same. Obviously he's put on some weight and muscles from his high right. school days through the strength training and, uh, in college and the NBA, but how he's built now is kind of the same structure as he was in high school. Did he have like the thing that really has struck me about him? And I knew a little about him. I knew some people, I know some people who know a lot of people at Gonzaga and I I had heard some talk about him before he got here and talked to various people. But one of the things that really stands out to people here is he does have this attitude. He's got a little bit of, um, I don't know if swagger is the word. One, one, one guy told me he's got a lot of F you in him, you know, that he's just, he doesn't back down from anybody. He's not afraid of anybody. Uh, he's really confident. Was that, was that his personality even then? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. You could see that. Uh, he didn't take any on the court, right? And he didn't. You're not going to bully him. You're not going to look at him and say, oh, this guy doesn't weigh much. Or, well, just bully him. It's not going to work because you're not going to uh, – he has a uh, fierce competitiveness about him. I mean, you just see the way he plays, and he's uh, he doesn't back down. And so he had that from you know early on when he was 15, 16 years old. You saw – and he had – he would show personality on the floor, both him and, and uh, Jalen Suggs. I mean, that team, they would get under the skin of opposing uh, fan bases. It'd be fun. You know, the student sections would come out and try to get on him and get him rattled. And you just weren't going to get it. They would kind of sh- give it back to him, you know, give it back to him. So he was, uh, he showed personality, but also very, very tough minded. And I, the word you use swagger, that that's hundred percent right. I wonder about that team a little bit because I was um, I, I had a very brief window recently where I covered Louisville basketball and they had Hersey Miller there as a walk on who's one of Master P's yeah. sons. 
yep. uh, Percy Miller, one, one of the sons who was on that team. So you had two sons of a really famous rapper. You had these future uh, NBA lottery picks. Um, and, and even, as you said, Minneapolis, Minnesota, and Minneapolis in particular, have had some really good high school teams. That is a little different from your average high school team. I just wonder what the what the the vibe around that team, what the scene around them was like. Yeah, it was a traveling circus. I mean, it was people would come just to watch them play. And I don't think, <clears throat> if I'm correct, I don't think they went undefeated. I think they had a loss or two. Um, but it, it, but I remember my son's high school. They had one of those uh, Christmas tournaments where you have three or four games in a day, and uh, they. I remember going to watch them play. They played before my son's high school team played and the gym was packed. I mean, it was, people were coming on the baseline and you know how it is now when you have high level recruits, all the videographers for the different websites that come, they followed that team around looking for dunks, looking for Chet highlights, looking for Jalen highlights. So you couldn't go to their game and not see a handful of those photographers just there trying to get the clips of their, their, you know, their dunks and their blocks or three points. So it was, uh, it had a little bit of celebrity uh, atmosphere to it and they were good. They were fun. I mean, it was when they were playing at their best. Uh, I mean, you think about it, you had two lottery picks on a high school right. team, you know, and, and the Miller kid could really score and shoot too. So uh, they, they scored a lot and, uh, and it, it, you know, they drew a big, uh, a big audience here. You mentioned, um, you know, the, the talent. I looked this up yesterday. There are 12 Minnesotans currently, a lot more uh, historically, 12 currently in the NBA. One of them, Amir Coffey, played at Minnesota. So yep. none of these other guys. Um, when those guys, Jalen and Chet, and, and I, I've never, I've never talked to I talked to Jalen the other day, but not about this. When they were going through the process, you know, how much hope was there in the city that they'd end up there? Is there any, you know, lingering bitterness that they didn't or was it a thing where minnesota was in a place where you knew you weren't getting those, those that's players? that's how it is and it, this has been a it, it's kind of become a common theme and you look at how much the gophers program has struggled traditionally i mean it just has not been a winning program and so they're not beating duke for a top five kid they're not beating and there's been a line of tyus jones matthew hurt Jalen suggs chet holman they all leave and i don't think people uh, they don't hold it against them, and they don't really hold out hope. They, they they might, you know, in fantasy land, think, man, wouldn't it be great if Tyus mm-hmm. Jones stayed home and played or Chet Holmgren stayed home and played? But they also realize these guys are going to be one and done. They're going to – you're just not going to beat the Blue Bloods for those type of players. Uh, and so, uh, you know, I don't think there's any real drama in the recruiting. <laughs> it's just mm-hmm. whether they're going to stay home here. I think people just automatically assume that they were going to go elsewhere to, you know, one of the elite programs. Right. The other thing that's interesting to me now is, is Chet is here. He is a rookie in the NBA uh, and the, the team that his team is chasing in the standings that the Thunder are a really highly competitive team for the first time. In a few yeah. years. And the team they're chasing is the Timberwolves. And so, um, you know, I, I wonder if there's a little bit of, uh, I don't know if animosity, can you still, Love your local legend and, and hope Rudy Gobert blocks every one of his shots. Yeah, I think he, uh, Chet will probably get some cheers, I would think. I would hope. Uh, you know, I don't think there's any hard feelings that he didn't stay and go to Minnesota. And uh, But it, it's it's been a fun, uh, rejuvenated season for the Wolves because, man, did they go through some dark days. And they've had some really, really low moments as an organization. And to see it all kind of 
this plan come together with the Rudy Gobert trade last year that looked like a disaster. Uh, it was obviously looking in hindsight now, they didn't play enough with, he didn't get a chance to play with Cat enough because Cat missed, what was it, 60 games with an injury. And so they're a talented team. They're fun. Uh, I think that's going to be a, a great kind of back and forth with those two teams coming down this, the spring here, two super uh, dynamic uh, teams with some great talent on it, young talent. And so it'll be fun. And uh, I'm glad they're doing this for Chet uh, here. And it, it, I'm sure it'll be a memorable night for him over there. That's such a cool thing. Like you mentioned, you're 21 and you get your jersey retired. But that, that speaks right. to also just the impact he had not only in that program, specifically on that program, but also uh, the impact he had on Minnesota basketball, the high school level, uh, because, like I said at the start, people really pay attention to high school basketball here. If you have great talent, they really do, and I think people appreciate what Chet has done and really developed and become a guy who's, you know, rookie of the year uh, candidate and just really excelling as a rookie. I think people take pride in that. Mm -hmm. He, it's funny. Um, Jalen had went through this last year. He had this same, uh, ceremony at Minnehaha and said, you know, he would tell, um, uh, Chet just, you know, enjoy it, savor it. He got to be there with his whole family, that kind of thing. Do those two guys, they're very closely connected. I know, you know, they, they went to the same school. Jalen told us a story the other day about, you know, meeting Chet when he was a, a gangly third, you know, uh, third grader, I guess. And, yeah. and he, he had these big feet. He wasn't any taller than anybody else, but he had these big feet. And he could barely run around and he's wearing cargo shorts. Are those two guys, um, does that connection mean something to people there? Yeah. And, and cause you think about how long they've known each other and played together. And the fact that Larry Suggs, Jalen's dad was their first coach. And really, I think if you talk to Chet would, would, uh, seeing his praises in terms of how he developed him as a player and really goes back to the roots about you look at his skill set, he'll thank Larry Suggs for that. And so, and, and just uh, that was a special combination. When, when you have those two, one, two punch, uh, you know, just the atmospheres they created, the big games they played in, they're always, you know, teams wanted to knock them off because, heck, if you beat Jalen Suggs and Chet Holgren, that's a big deal, right? I mean, two guys that are going to play in the NBA for a long time. And so they're, they're I think they're forever connected uh, because of how long they played together and how well uh, they became known and just, you know, these two lottery picks that are on the same team. So, uh, yeah, I think and, – and they're just good friends too. And – yeah. I think if you get to know them, when you talk to those two guys individually, they're good guys, right? They're, they're fun to talk to. They got great personalities. So um, yeah, they're, they're, they're a good ambassador for Minnesota basketball. Yeah. The, the thunder is known for taking a little of the personality out, you know, of trying yeah. to find ways to, to, I don't want to say stifle it, but um, I mean, I think, you know, people have seen for better and worse, they've seen sides of Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook after they left yep. that they didn't see here. But Chet will get these moments, and there's even these moments where he kind of smiles and you know he wants to say something and he doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> and even when he – sometimes he doesn't have the filter and he does have a um, – he's got a different kind of sense of humor than a lot of guys I've been around in basketball because he's yeah. really dry. It's sarcastic. He's pretty understated. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's – his humor is kind of right up my alley because it's very understated, yeah. right? It's very dry humor. Um, and let's be honest. Uh, 
I think a lot of people are fascinated him because of the way he's he's built, right? Because we yeah. just you just haven't seen a player look like him that skinny and be that dominant and you know dribble down the court and pull up and shoot, you know, pull up through. We just you think traditionally those guys are back, you know, you don't see him that skinny, but a guy that big is back to the basket. And I think just the way he plays and his his body uh, type makes him kind of this endearing character to watch. At yeah. least that, that's, that's how I've always, like you said, like people's like, you got to go see this tall, skinny kid for Minnehaha who's doing these crazy things and people would go watch him. So I think that was kind of the, one of the hooks. And then you saw how talented he is. You're like, man, we just haven't seen a guy like this before. Yeah. It's really interesting that he's worked with Durant because Durant was the last guy who, I mean, Anthony Davis was like this to a certain extent, but he never played on the perimeter quite like these guys do. But the, Durant was like that where people said, well, how does he, how's he going to play? He's so skinny. Yeah. And he, he famously couldn't do the 185 pound bench press one time at the combine. And people said, Oh, he's not strong enough. And he's not skinny enough. And he just had all this skill. It's, it's fascinating to me that he and Chet are working together some off the, you know, on the court in the summers to develop some of those skills. Yeah. And, and when people always said that to me, like, you know, strength, size, like, watch him play. Like, yeah. just watch him play. I mean, he's playing against, on the summer circuit, he's playing against the best players in high school, high school and dominating, not just kind of getting by, he's dominating. Um, he's dominated every level he's been at. I mean, just watch him play. I, I, you know, I don't care what he weighs or how much he can bench press. I, you watch him play, <laughs> and the guy's really talented, and he has just a unique skill set. So it's, it, that's, that was, I always felt like that's going to translate. And he has the right temperament, the right competitiveness, the right I'm not going to back down mindset that um, is always going to allow him to thrive. Yeah, he's been, you know, it's been an interesting thing. He's been much better, not in every game, but but by and large, he's been better the second time he's seen guys. He looked completely lost the first game he played against Nikola Jokic, has looked dramatically better since then, and they've won two games in Denver. Uh, I thought he looked pretty uncomfortable against Gobert the first time in Minnesota. Looked yep. much better here in OKC. He is a really, I mean, that's the other thing people say about him, right, is that he's just driven. He's just hyper competitive yep. and also really studious. He's a guy who goes back and looks at what he didn't do right and goes and fixes it. He seems like a very, um, I, he's he's like, he's a baller. He's one of those guys who's just really into the game. Yeah, I, I, I think you hit a thing. I think he's incredibly smart and adaptable. Like if a guy, and and, you know, Rookies are going to go through that. I mean, it's not it's not like he's going to come in there and just dominate every guy in the NBA. He's going to take his lumps too, and and you know darn well NBA players are going to try to give him those lumps, right? They're going to try to go at him and test him and see what he can do. So he's going to get challenged. But I like that what you just said that the second time through, he, he figures things out a little bit more, right? How to guard a guy, how to go against him on offense, what he needs to do. So I think he's a very smart player. I think he's adaptable. And I, I always think he will find a way to figure out what he needs to do to be successful. I think, you know, it's interesting, the thing you said about testing him, because I do think there is some of that. You see uh, the way guys celebrate when they dunk on him. Obviously, anytime you dunk on a guy that tall, yeah, um, it would be, Wimbenyama is kind of the same way. Sure. Um, but I also think there is an interesting level of, before Chet got in the league, you had like Patrick Beverly was saying he would take Chet over Victor Wimanyama because of the edge. Um, and I think the way he grew up playing with Jalen, um, having his dad coach him, playing against really elite competition in high school, uh -huh. um, but also like 
he's just got this there's a there's an edge about him that's a little different as somebody said to me he didn't go to duke and that seemed notable that he didn't go to duke there's like he's kind of a guy who does his own thing um he, he is a guy it feels like players have a lot of respect for him yeah and you know uh his dad was a player and so he you know he he grew up uh, learning the game from his dad uh yeah i think and i don't know where the competitiveness comes from is that just something you know in that family if that's just how he's always been wired i, I noticed it again from the first time i saw him that sophomore year in high school you could just see it not only the skill and the and everything else the physical part but you could see man this guy is tough right he he wants to uh go at you so um so yeah i i think nba players they respect guys that can play guys that work hard and guys that don't back down right now they're going to try to challenge you and i'm i'm guessing every night guys are going to try to challenge them yeah it'd be kind of cool to dunk on whoever and that's but i think there is that respect because NBA players, they, they see this guy's game. They're like, man, this guy, you know, it, you may look at his body size and think one thing, but then when you play against him, you're like, how could you not have respect for uh, how hard he plays and, and the way he plays and his competitive drive? Yeah, the, the other thing I think is interesting is that he's taken this all pretty well. He's, you know, Mark Dignall said he's got a good temperament for a long season. Um, that's the thing they say around here about Shea Gildas Alexander all the time. Sure. But he got asked, you know, he, I don't know if you saw the other day when, uh, I think Tim McMahon from ESPN was in and he was asking Chet some questions and he said, you know, what, what do you think you've proven? And, and to this point, what have you learned? What have you proven? And Chet said, I played 30 games. I haven't proven bleep. Um, <laughs> and, and I think that's pretty much in keeping with what great I've answer. learned about him so far. Yeah, yeah. Great answer. Yeah. I mean, uh, you got to think he's been in a spotlight for a basketball spotlight his whole career, basically. Right. High school. He was college. He was, and so I don't think he's going to get, you know, caught up in the buzz that he might have created, the talk that people were saying about him uh, have in his rookie year. He's a level-headed kid, and, and you spent time around him. You, you mentioned, it, you know, his sense of humor. Uh, he's very grounded, right, his personality. And so I think he's kind of used to being in this fishbowl. He's used to being uh, – having people say good things about him and it just, it, I don't think it really, it kind of just washes over him. It doesn't, he's not going to pay attention to that. He's going to continue to kind of do his thing, work hard and keep it all in perspective. Does he have a game? Like, does, did he have a game in high school or like a moment? Is there like a moment that's like, Oh, that's the Chet, the Chet play. Boy, I'm trying to, I'm sure there were. And, and it's funny. I mentioned off the the top the the play that I saw him the first time I saw him the the offensive but I the times I saw him and I probably saw him in person ten twelve times mm-hmm. you know between just regular season games state tournament stuff to me it was always what he did on the defensive end where he would block swat a shot a guy would get it to come back in swat it again he would have like three blocks in one possession and you know the crowd's going crazy and ooh and on because the team can't get a shot to the rib because he just keeps blocking. I, I I can't remember the specific thing, but I know I saw it several times where uh, he would have those games where he was almost more impactful, or not almost, he was more impactful on the defensive end because teams yeah. were so intimidated to drive into the hoop to get anywhere near the basket because 
they know the shot was going back the other way. So he would impact game. He could score zero points and have a major impact because teams just, you know, as good as the talent is here, there's not many high school kids that contend with his length and size when you're going in there. And so it was always, to me, I loved watching him play defense and, and watching the way he altered games. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, I, I mentioned covering Anthony Davis at Kentucky. He had a really bad offensive game in the national championship game. And it's like part of his legend is telling the team at halftime, I can't make anything. So you guys just go get the points and I'll stop them from scoring. And that's essentially <laughs> what he did. He just dominated the game. He was most outstanding player of the final four without really having an offensive game. What that reminds me of is that, that, you know, Chet is averaging almost 18 points a game. Yeah. Uh, he shoot 38% from three. And I think that the, the thought, and this is certainly my thought too, was that he'd come in pretty ready to defend in the NBA. Um, are you surprised at all? He's, he's a really high level offensive player this year. Uh, no, because I think um, to me, like I said earlier, who do you match up with him on? And because yeah. he can shoot it so well, and because he has such great awareness. And the other thing I always was impressed with is he was a great passer. Like he would, yeah. he would, you know, he could find open guys who would make these kind of crazy passes. You're like, man. But I, I just thought he was, his skill level was so advanced in the, in the way he could shoot it and ball handle it. And the comfort he has with playing on offense, this is not anything new to him. This like shooting threes and handling the ball and bringing it up and being a primary guy with the ball. That's nothing. He's done that since he was, a, you know, a young high school, a teenager. And so uh, I, I thought that would be uh, something that he would be able to do right away because it, that he's a tough matchup for bigs. And, you know, if you try to go smaller on him, he can handle that too. So I, that part doesn't – I think he's just so skilled and so uniquely skilled. I thought he would translate right away. That's interesting. You know, the thing – I think we talked a, a little about his work ethic – you know, he came into the league with this spin move and then you saw teams start to sit on it and they try to strip the ball away. He's so tall and tall guys yeah. in the NBA, you can't keep your dribble low enough. And so how are you going to keep from turning it over? And yet, you know, he's now got a counter to that spin move. He can spin the other way. He's, you know, he's getting into a, a spot where he can shoot a dribble pull up or a little bit of a floater. Like he's added quite a lot to his game in a rookie year, which holds pretty well for what he might do down the road. Yeah, and I'm sure... Uh, if you start from a, a, a place of a foundation of he has really good skill, right? Then you can add bits and pieces. And, you know, the great players do that every offseason. They figure out, okay, how did teams adjust to me and start guarding me? Okay, this offseason, I'm going to work on this. I'm going to do a baseline fadeaway. I'm going to add the pull up. I'm going to do, you know, add this one thing. And I guarantee that's something when he goes away in the offseason, he'll come back with something new because he's he's got the foundation of being really high level skill and uh the work ethic he'll he'll put it in cuz he lives in the gym and he's uh you can't be a good NBA player if you don't live in the gym and so he has that part but I, I just think when you start from the starting point of the skill level that he has that he brought to the league with him he'll be able to do different things and adapt his game yeah it's it's a really interesting time for Oklahoma City cuz Shea Gildas Alexander is that way as well and they're a fun you know, it's team like they're a yeah, fun you team. You don't get two young guys this good too often who are this complimentary. Like there's no, nothing that one does would hold the other back, you yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's great team building and I, I, I'm just fascinated to see how those two grow as they become even more and more, you know, 
locked into the league and, and understand the league, it's going to be, they're going to be a team that people are going to be watching for years to come for sure. Chip, anything we haven't talked about, about Chet that, that interests you or you're looking at, or, or you remember? No, I mean, uh, like I said, I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm glad Oklahoma city fans, uh, are getting to see him, uh, see his personality, see his game and appreciating how unique he is. Cause I think he is a unique talent. Um, I think he's a unique person we've seen this for a long time here, but to be able to see him do it on the biggest stage, it's not a surprise, but it's also, I think there's a lot of, um, Minnesota pride. When you see a Tyus Jones go and have great success, a Jalen Suggs, whoever from here, because, uh, I, I think, if you talk to basketball players that come through here, they feel like Minnesota does not get the national recognition that it deserves on as a basketball state. Cause you know, it's minus 21 degrees here today. Right. <laughs> it's a hockey right. state, but it is a big basketball hotbed with great talent here. And I think people more nationally are starting to see that the more you see chats and Jalen's and guys that come out here and do well. Uh, but I just think he is such a unique talent and I'm glad that, he's having all the success he is because he's a really uh, unique guy, great character, and just a good dude. Awesome. Chip, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate your time. That's really good insight. I think people are fascinated with all things Chet, so it's kind of cool to give them a little bit of a backstory, so I really appreciate it. Thank yeah. you. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Good to see you again, Brett. Yeah, thanks, Chip. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week. If you like what you hear, if this is the first time you've heard the show or not, go jump on and subscribe. You can do that on my YouTube channel. Uh, you can do it through Sellout Crowd's YouTube channel. You could go to uh, Apple or Spotify if you're an audio-only listener. We'll be back next week. We thank you for listening. We'll see you soon.